My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 191. Thanks for rocking with this podcast. If you're new to this space, welcome. We're so glad that you're here joining us. Make sure you remember that audio episodes like this go out every single Monday. And if you head over to legallycluelessafrica.com, you can sign up to join our community. You can also watch our video series there, our tour series. So we have three seasons of the video series out, which I think you will thoroughly enjoy because it's amazing and inspiring African stories. So back to this episode, this is what's coming up. I was very, very, very much familiar with things to do with cooking, beauty. I could steal my mom's lipsticks. And, you know, anytime my dad is around, my, my mom would be like, yo, chill, 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 chill. <laughs> but that's besides the point. As a kid, I was very much jo- jovial. And I was also a brilliant kid because I remember this time there was this Beyonce song. Sorry, I have to, have to say Beyonce. <laughs> but there was this Beyonce song and I was in school. And I remember there was this dance that went like, oh, 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 oh. So... <laughs> I used to call a few of my girlfriends and be like, come and show you this dance. I think it's really cool. So you have to do this. Then when you do this, arc your back and make sure you shake your bum bum a bit. And <laughs> I had a crush on someone at the time and they showed up in the room and I immediately ran away. <laughs> Because the embarrassment is real. That's a story by someone who has quickly become one of my favorite people. It was such an honor to have him on the latest season of our video series. And it's Dennis Karuri, who's one of Kenya's top makeup artists and personalities. His story is coming up a little later in this episode. Well, part one of it. All right, let me tell you about the song of the week. I'm really excited about this because this is... Not music I would normally listen to, but man, oh man, I have fallen for this band. They're called Parcels and they're very interesting, but the song I want you to check out is called Free. The lyrics are so poetic. It's such a sing-along song, but it's so deep. It's like, ah, it's ridiculously deep. I have not been able to stop playing it. I think I discovered it maybe two and a half weeks ago. And yeah, it's been a replay since then. So check out the show notes. There is a link to it. But if you don't have show notes on the platform you're listening to, just go to YouTube or whatever streaming platform and search free by parcels. Just the same way you like parcels, like boxes blah 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 yeah (laughs) i hope you love the song as much as i do i also hope that you're doing well and that you're surrounded by grace and that if you are experiencing end year burnout because this is around the time it checks in that you're you know being graceful with yourself it is a thing you will feel lethargic you will feel tired tasks that were easy to do are a bit harder to do this time of year you're not being lazy dudes We've survived an entire year of intense work, so just just be graceful with yourself. And speaking of work, ah, oh, I'm so proud. Last night I hosted a Moth main stage. Now, if you don't know, the Moth are an organization that really do a lot of work around storytelling, and I am part of their family. I've told stories as part of their shows in New York and in Nairobi, in Rwanda, and 
I got to host the fourth main stage in Nairobi. I think, yeah, I've hosted the last three. I didn't host their first one in Nairobi. In fact, that was my first time watching a moth main stage or even like hearing about them. And then I hosted the second, the third, and last night, which was the fourth. And it was a sold out show, man. And even more than that, I felt so comfortable on that stage. Like, I truly believe, like, I'm walking in and working in my destiny, which is, like, around storytelling and real authentic stories and being part of just, like, creating spaces for people to be able to share their stories and for others to listen. And it felt so good. I can't explain. Like, when you do something that is aligned with your spirit and your entire being. It's not even a high. There's a grounding it comes with, which is amazing. And another thing I'm very proud of, I actually just chatted my stylist about it. My outfit last night was like 90% leg (laughs) and 10% fabric. (laughs) But you know what? I didn't feel shy at all all like the relationship with my body has greatly improved I used to be so self-conscious about my legs especially because I had scars well I still do have them and at the back of my legs although they are fading I have been intentional about caring about my skin But yeah, I used to wear stockings all the time, full trousers, etc. And I think even yesterday, my makeup artist commented, she was like, wow, I can't believe we've come so far. Look at all this beautiful leg you're showing. And I was like, yeah, can you imagine that? And so I had the shortest shots on with no stockings and I just wasn't shy. I wasn't overthinking it. And I'm just so in love with my body right now. And I'm just like, phew. It's about goddamn time because it's been so many years of just hiding it and hating it and looking down on it. And this feels so good and so healthy. You know, I share this because I know very many of us have different insecurities around our physical bodies. And if you just are intentional about loving your body, giving it things that are healthy for it, accepting it the way it is, acknowledging that it's carried and carries us across so many battlefields. It's so resilient. It's it's our home. It's beautiful. If you're intentional about doing that work, one day the, the, the gray clouds disappear and you start falling in love with your body again. It's possible. That's why I'm sharing that. The last thing I want to share before I get into 100 African stories is... Something I've been toying with in terms of recording an entire episode on because it came up in therapy and I've been thinking about it over the last couple of weeks and going through it in therapy helped me and I I would love it to help you as well. And it's about loss. So in therapy, we spent months combing through losses. And I remember when my therapist asked me about, you know, the things I considered losses, like what do I consider? consider having lost or like having been a loss in my life I only had like one thing which was like oh you know my mom died etc and like that grief is hectic and I remember I really did think loss was synonymous with grief so that was the only loss I thought of and my therapist would keep pushing me and it got a bit irritating at a point I remember just being like Aish can we move on I already told you I have one loss next question please You know, we combed through everything, like from my first ever relationship to my career, my friendships. And during that exercise, I realized that, ooh, 
there were a lot of losses that I hadn't acknowledged, even just like loss of the childhood I would have desired having, even body, you know, all those years of hating my body because I felt I didn't have the body I originally did before I got raped, you know, and so I I had to grieve the loss of that. Heartbreaks, loss of who you thought a person was, getting fired, perhaps a failed business, loss of a physical space. So if you had to leave a house that maybe you loved or an office you loved or a a business space that you loved, loss could be the family member you no longer speak to. You know, it's, it's so many things and And it sits in your body and it comes with emotions. But I think we only acknowledge like loss that is grief related. And so, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about diving deeper into that and maybe doing an entire episode on loss. I don't know. Would that be something you would be interested in? Because I think it was quite powerful, almost as powerful as the boundary work that I've done. So... Just to let you know, I'm thinking about doing an episode on it. And if you have any thoughts before I do it, you can share those on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Africa. Okay, so let's dive into the story. I really love Dennis. I love how unapologetic he is of himself. And he's just such a gem, such good, pure energy to be around. It was such an honor having him in the third season of our video series. So, of course, the episode on the video series is a more condensed version of of the story, but once you listen to part one, as you wait for part two next week, check out his episode on legallycluelessafrica.com and watch him see how fabulous he looked on set. Anyway, so he's an amazing Kenyan makeup artist and I just love how he blends the rules of masculinity and how he found the key to just be him. And that's really what his story is about. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. So my name is Dennis Karori Ngari from Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya. I was also born and raised in Nairobi, Kenya, but my roots are in somewhere in Moranga. So Dennis Karori as a child was a very fun kind of boy. I was very energetic. As a kid, I was very playful. And I also was very, very fabulous. Like I was very sassy as a kid. And I remember... I remember in school, that's what gave me popularity automatically in my primary school. I was very, very, very much familiar with things to do with cooking, beauty. I could steal my mom's lipsticks. And, you know, anytime my dad is around, my my mom would be like, yo, chill, 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 chill. But that's besides the point. As a kid, I was very much jovial. And I was also a brilliant kid because in our system here in Kenya, we used to have like the preschool. So preschool was, I think, baby class, nursery, pre-unit, then class one. So me, I went to baby class. Then I immediately went to pre-unit and then pre-unit and class one, I, I did that. I, I did that for one year actually. And it was just, you know, the headmaster was like, hey, this boy is very brilliant for you. You cannot stick around with these other kids. Let him just go to now class two. So preschool to now primary school took me two years. <laughs> I used to literally look for material, sew material together and make an outfit just by myself, period. <laughs> 
I could do that. And when I was in school, I was always drawing things, always, always drawing things. I could also write things. I was also very, very much good in like coming up with rhyming words for people. So I think creativity is something that was like inside of me ever since I was a kid. So um, growing up, I don't think this is anything that my parents thought could be like anything that is like special because I think it's not very normal. So um, it, it was just there, but I was not like drawn towards it in terms of now being taught to enhance my creativity, taught how to, you know, express myself. I remember this time there was this Beyonce song. Sorry, I have to, have to say Beyonce. <laughs> but there was this Beyonce song and I was in school and I remember there was this dance that went like, oh, 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 oh. So <laughs> I used to call a few of my girlfriends and be like, come and show you this dance. I think it's really cool. So you have to do this. Then when you do this, pack your back and make sure you shake your bum bum a bit. And... <laughs> I had a crush on someone at the time and they showed up in the room and I immediately ran away <laughs> because the embarrassment is real. As a kid, mom was very, very much, mom was very, very much supportive of me. My, my mom was very much like, she's never been like, you know, remove my shoes, don't wear my lipstick, don't wear those clothes. Um, she'd be like, you know, when dad comes around, just don't do that because uh, he, he he's not expecting that from you. Um, also, my elder brother was also kind of like, yo, you don't have to do this. But, you know, they, they were family and they were not like bringing it in a bad light. Um, so I didn't think this is anything that would, would like be viewed in a certain way until I went to high school. Before I joined high school, actually, I because of now having to you know like um, skip skip um, some some classes some um, because of that I finished my KCP when I was twelve years yes and at the time mom was very scared she was she was always telling me you know I think you'll go get bullied because people are being told that you know hey this Kenyan high schools hey you'll be told to call your parents with that shoe of that captain who's fit as smelly and they ask you to call home and make sure your parent picks up and they bring you snacks the following day you can imagine the, the frustration so my mom was like i don't think you're ready to go to high school yet because you're very young like my mom thought i'm soft in nature of which i don't think i'm really soft <laughs> i'm hardcore <laughs> anyway um so mom was like you really have to repeat because I don't care. You are my little boy. You're going to go, you're, you're going to be harassed. At least stick around, develop some deep voice at least. And I did, but then that gave me so much stress, to be honest. I was so stressed repeating. Oh God, oh, I'm a winner, baby. Period. So repeating kind of like I got so stressed. I developed very serious ulcers. Yes, because also I was taken out to a private school. And these were those private schools that when you hear the praises about that school, you're like, they will literally teach you handwriting and cane you, cane you in the process. So that school discipline was very, very prominent. Just by the nature of like what I knew about the school gave me stress. So I remember my mom used to like, she paid for like prescription of milk. I had milk prescription morning, uh, midday and also evening. So I finished and I passed and I now went to high school. And the high school I went to was somewhere in central province. Good thing or bad thing, I don't know. One of the dormitories was named after me, Karori. Yes, if you do your research, um, Africa um, among the 
Kenyan communities, Karuri formed, um, he has played a role in those times of the, you know, the colonial rule. So Karuri, that being my name, is also named after a dormitory in the school. So that was an automatic um, selling point of popularity. And I, I immediately got popular in, in, in high school. Moving forward, um, from one, I was very, very, you know, I was just like in my own bubble, honestly, because I was just trying to read the vibe, to read the energy. Still, I was myself. But then when I got to form two, I now started joining the arts, okay? So I joined drama, music, you know, but before that, I was like, hey, I was judging those people who were doing drama because they were always going to those trips and, you know, coming back with scandals. But I was like, ah, you know what? This is form two. I'm growing up. Let me just experience. So there was this play that actually was really good. We even this close to literally being called to the state house because it was very it was a very kenyans and kenyan high schools and the drama festivals are very competitive so um there was this um play and the only role that was not casted was a female role no one wanted to cast for that role who am i i casted for it <laughs> and i did it so well Trust me, I did it so well. I, I, I meet people from other schools nowadays and they tell me, Dennis, that was not you on stage, that was a girl. Because my voice had not broken and I was very sassy. I had some very weird makeup on, but you know, that was makeup of the time. And there was a makeup artist who did that for us. It was just so crazy and interesting. So because of that um drama the, the role i played of course popularity now became even more because i used to be awarded certificates for best actor in front of the whole school and now they started calling me names so the name the name that i was being called in the at the play in, in the play was sophia so literally that was my name in high school if if anyone from that school is watching you know everyone was calling me sophie sophie sophia 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 and i was like yeah bring it on but you know it had a certain effect on me honestly because i was like i am not sophia to be honest my name is dennis and that's just what it is i became a bit defensive because people are asking me some questions and I started doing practice, like I practiced on how to behave myself because they're always talking about how I was walking, how I was talking. So I did like a 21 day, um, you know, change of behavior and successful. I was just the, like, I just came from SARS to months. <laughs> a month in like a month and i used to like hit on you know like when you're in high school you like when ladies like you they fall for you that's a bit of glory and you know it's a boys school and you know everyone is just like you know i have a girlfriend you know that was like the thing and me i had like girlfriends so <laughs> that's where they drew the line they're like hey this one is a dangerous one this one is very dangerous he can literally make any girl fall for her but during this 21 day practice i felt mostly determined to prove that you know i was in so much denial that whatever you guys are calling me that's not me so i was so much i, I had a lot of determination to prove that i am not who you think i am of which i think it's just naivety and trying to be accepted and that was not right to be honest because the reason why i did it was not even for me i was doing it for my classmates and that is where i was wrong because 
I didn't even allow myself to feel that this is not me being me. I, I allowed myself to feel like I have to do this so that I fit in, okay? And I managed to do it and it, it, it went along from Form 2 all the way to campus. Yes, yes, I literally, I, I was, I had closed off that chapter. Like I had literally blocked myself. I had literally put myself inside a box that is never to be opened again. Yeah, and to be honest, it had a toll on me because over time I could have a lot of emotion that was just making me feel down because in as much as I'm trying to do all these things, I'm not feeling like it's coming from a place of truth, from a place of genuineness, from a place of, you know, me. So I, I it's, it, it's, it was a bit tiring, to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, it was a bit tiring. But I could not feel being tired because the denial was, it was what was taking over me, to be honest, yeah. I did not break my shell in campus, really. It was actually after campus that I, that I decided to just turn my back, follow my path, um, follow me, and just leave about me. But then I joined campus and um, me in campus, you know, my dad is an agriculturalist and I automatically, because growing up as a kid in an agricultural setting, my dad, we, we lived in, in a town setting, but my dad always loved agricultural stuff. So it, also my mom got involved in the same. And, you know, because of always doing that, that's what I felt like this is it for me. And also dad was really, really, really supportive of the agriculture bit. And, you know, he, the course that I chose for agriculture, it was like a super, super, those, those courses that require high points for you to, um, to just like have the government sponsor you because there's free education in, in, in university. But then I had missed some points for me to, to do that course because that course, the minimum was a minus and I had a B plus. So dad had to pay for me parallel and parallel degree is not cheap. That degree is not cheap. So I joined and dad and mom were very supportive and uh, I, I, I was going for my classes. But there's one thing that I truly, truly desired genuinely from my heart and soul was moving out of home. I really, really wanted to move out of home and just start doing me, you know, just making my own decisions independently. Um, so I devised a trick <laughs> because my mom could never allow me to leave home because I was already in scandals. <laughs> oh my God, it's true. Um, you know, there was this time I was consoling a friend of mine. My sister did not live far from where I was studying. So I was consoling this friend of mine. She had like cramps going on. So I told her, no, you know, my, my sister has a place we can go crash at her house. She's not around. So once you're there, you can just like lie down and, and you know, just calm down and you know, the rest of us are watching a movie. Yeah. But then my sister came and found me and her in the bedroom and my sister automatically judged me, called my mom and told her, Dennis is doing, you know, Usherati here in Kenya. <laughs> so my mom was so pissed at me. Like I've never seen my mom so pissed at me and she was super, super pissed. In fact, I, I came home, I found her washing dishes. She threw. <laughs> The dish, the dish, like that dirty water on me and was like, oh, surely, do I deserve this? 
but it, it has already happened and she was so mad my mom was so mad she was like I, I i did not take you to campus to start going and impregnating women out there you don't have and in fact to make matters worse it's in your sister's house so them leave making like for them to allow me to now live by myself the it was an automatic no. So I had to be brilliant about it. So I I looked for a house. This house was, the rent was like, it's, you know, like it was a hostel. Um, so these hostels, they already have a bed and, you know, like it's it's furnished for a, for a student. It's very comfortable for a student furnish, you know. So, but you only pay rent. You don't come with a mattress. You just come with bedding, outfits, and maybe cups. The things that you that you love, your, your favorite things. And I had to lie. I told dad, um, I've paid half the deposit and I've, like, I've already taken it because this one is such a bargain. I cannot let it go. Just send me the other half. I have already paid it. And if you guys don't send this money, this house will go. And I don't even tell them that I'm looking for a house. I just told them me being here will be good for my studies. Well. <laughs> But, you know, they were like, okay, um, if you're able to raise some money, then who are we not to support? My dad was proud of, like, my dad liked, my dad, my, my parents like the, if you trying to, you trying to do things on your own, trying to be independent, they like it. They like it so much. And especially in terms of, like, making money, because my mom was into business, my dad was into business. So they were, so they, they've never, like, really insisted that we, we need to go into business. They took us to school so that we can be able to empower ourselves. You can be employed, you can do business, you just do what you want. But they kind of thought that, you know, Dennis has done, but I lied. I said the, I said I paid a certain amount, but the balance that I told them was the whole amount. <laughs> that was the whole amount because I had a roommate. Um, so my roommate now was the one who had paid the half. So. Technically, I was not lying, but still. <laughs> um, so, um, so my dad paid, and he like that was the first house. Okay, my dad is not really the guy to come visit you. <laughs> that's not my dad. No, no, no. But then he came to that house, and where I'm living right now, that's the that's the second place my dad has come to visit me. All those houses I've lived in, numerous houses, my dad has never even found the interest. And even this time for him to come, it's my sisters who are like, hey, you need to see where Dennis lives now. He's really living in a very nice place. So I think you need to come see how your son is living. And he was very impressed, actually, and I was, and I was happy I felt. I felt proud that he was proud. So I had a roommate. Um, uh, unfortunately, he's late right now. Rest his soul in peace. Um, I loved him so much. He was very, very protective of me. He was like, you know, me being me in campus already. At the time, I had already like started following my own path. Um, my sister was now joining campus. And my friend was kind of like, you know, can I like, you know, hit on your sister for a minute? And I was like, you know what? As long as you make sure these boys don't like, do, don't start calling me names in these streets, I got you. <laughs> I'll tell my sister too. But yeah, um, we, 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 we had a very, very open, very fluid way of handling things. And that's how my dad visited me and my dad knew him. Campus was the very first time I started also dating. All this time I was doing fake dates, to be honest. <laughs> Those, I was lying to myself. So I, I, I was in a relationship in campus that lasted for a year. And what, um, among the things that literally moved me from the dark 
because to be honest if you if you if you're not aware you or you are in the dark that's just how it is in 2014 i was in my second year and i was in this relationship it was nice i was okay but then when my mom passed on that's where things hit the rock and um you know my relationship ended because of the same uh, i had to mourn my mom i was doing exams that these exams were to take me to the third year i was not even able to do my exams because of the depression the anxiety my mom was my best friend and to be honest the only thing that i was aware of is how am i going to be successful enough to make my mom proud now my mom is no longer there who am i supposed to make proud i had a lot of suicidal thoughts i had a lot of um I, like nearly ruining you ma yeah like i i just i could not fathom i like i did not understand and also death is something that just hits you different i did not really understand what is happening to me at the time so that is the very first time it hit me that you and only you have you it's your life to live you can only live your own life it's not your mom's life it's not your dad's life it is your life so that awareness came to me and I decided to make things work for me because mom was the one paying my rent, dad was on paying my school fees. And mom was no mom was no longer there to pay my rent. So dad was like, "You know what? Come home, girl. Come home, boy." <laughs> But that was not an option for me. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be on my friends going like, "Hey girl, can I come crash?" Because going home, to be honest, I home is cozy, home is everything. But I like freedom and also there was grief there was a lot of grief back at home um my siblings I have six siblings we are seven kids by the way I did not I, I did not mention that and I'm the third born so four of them are below me so everyone above me was already living their life so so the rest below me were, were kind of looking up to me and the grief was a bit crazy but then they they had school and everything so I'm sure that was like keeping their mind off it But then when I was like going home, mom is not around. I'm the one to wake up, do all those things. I was like, I don't think so. I'm not doing that. So, I decided to join modeling and uh, I paid for modeling training. There was this agency that came about and it turned out to be a scam, by the way. <laughs> oh, this life is crazy. Um there was this agency that I paid and guys, if you have to pay to join an agency, it's a scam. that's the first lesson so i joined this agency and they said that this money you're paying is for training of which they were training us and to be honest it was not such a loss because i became good until i now started training my other models but this was not being paid i was not being paid for training they just they were like yo hey dennis is so good hey come help us and i was like hey i'm feeling myself but no Girl, no. So I, I I was helping out with the training and you know we used to get a few gigs here and there but most of them were kind of free because we could spend so much time going for training only for us to be paid 2000 shillings that you like maybe you spent even literally when you count the transport the food and everything you you've spent it's literally even five times the 2000 you're paid for that one gig. And um through this modeling that's where makeup came in. That's where my life began that's where i kind of found out what i'm made of and where i can really really express my creativity i you know i'm passionate about fashion i'm passionate about 
beauty, hair. I, I, like also as a kid, hair was a big thing for me. I used to put like a towel on my hair and I'd be like, girl, yes. But when it came to makeup, it just had a certain spark in me. And there was this time, it was actually the very first day of auditioning that makeup was done on me. And you know, we had to do a photo shoot for now for casting the models to be casted. And I looked so good in the pictures. I was like, wow, so this is what makeup can do for you. And it made me feel good outside and inside. And that is where the spark started. And I carried on with the spirit by helping my fellow models with any problems they had with their makeup. I was helping them with like touching up anything, anything. Like I would just be like there for like the girls who would need anything. So at this time, I didn't think that this is anything that, you know, I could, I, I could, you know, make a career from. So one day, there's this model who we were modeling with and a designer from Tanzania came in and she was like, my makeup artist has failed me and I really need my models to have their makeup done. And not just makeup, creative African makeup. And you can imagine, first job of makeup, you're being told, we need a creative African look. You have to do it because this is a show that has guests waiting. Hi, it's a, it's a place that people have paid for, so you have to make it work. Me on my way there with YouTube. Hmm. Okay, so this is how you do it. I can on my way to work because what, what the model said was, I, I can only do this job if Dennis helps me because she was also not a makeup artist. She was also a model. So she just gathered anything she could gather from her kit. I had nothing, to be honest. I was not wearing any makeup. So um, she gathered her kit and we went. And on the way we were there in, in YouTube, how to do those talks, yeah, 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 okay, interesting. We had no paint. <sighs> Girl. <laughs> so I'm over there, I thought, you know, whenever I see a girl in foundation, I'm like, hey, I can't even see your skin. You look fake. So. That was just a lot of naivety. Uh, maybe I was just nervous, uh, very naive, very naive because I did not apply foundation on my models on that day. They had no foundation on, but I made sure their skin is flawless. So I could take a bit of product and just conceal any blemish that I could see and then do a powder on top and then now start doing the details. So I could take concealer of like, I, I, I could take concealer from like a white, from someone with a, like a white skin tone and take that concealer from that specific product and use the back of the brush to now make dots on the face. And I, I discovered that then and then because there were no paint brushes and YouTube insisted you have to be a professional artist, you have to make the dots. So I just used the back of the brush, which was automatically round, thing, 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 done and dusted. And I was done with my models. I even started now helping my my colleague with her models and we got paid and we were paid like three times more than the models and you know the models are like okay now now time for the cash you know me i was already paid and i could hear what they were paid and i just kept quiet i was like hmm, hmm. interesting this is very interesting <laughs> interesting so i feel so one thing i discovered is also Behind the scenes, a lot happens. So that's just it. And that's where I knew if I'm getting paid for this, then this is what I'm going to do. And remember, I'm still in campus. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. How powerful is that already? It's so amazing whenever I record stories where people 
allow us into such a vulnerable room in their life you know what i mean so like him talking about taking 21 days to try and become other people's definition of what masculinity is kind of weaving through how he got out of that this is such a powerful story i cannot wait for you to listen to part two that's going to be out in episode 192 next week but in the show notes there's a link to dennis's social media platforms in case you want to connect with him see the work that he does there's also a link to our youtube channel you can watch our video series on there he's in season three Or you could watch it on LegallyCluelessAfrica.com. If you want to share your story as well on this podcast, that is very possible. Just in the show notes, click the link to the Google form, fill it out, and I'll get back to you. You can also catch this podcast on Trace FM in Kenya, which is super awesome. We're in our third year of being syndicated there, which is just amazing. And all you have to do is go to traceradio.co.ke. You can stream us there. You can download the app to listen. And we are there every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. and every Friday at 1 p.m. As usual, I'm going to end this episode just wishing you more grace, especially if you are feeling that end-year burnout. I share this because it can be ruthless. It really can. And this is the month it starts to like creep in. Actually, I think mine started last month. Now I'm like, kidogo struggling. (laughs) But I'm being graceful with myself. It's it's been such a long year, man. Like so much has been done work-wise. Of course, my body is tired. So if you're experiencing the same, just extend some grace to yourself. And I'll catch you in next week's episode. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.